Letter forty four of Pamela, volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pamela, volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter forty four from Mrs. B to Lady Davers. My dearest lady, I must beg pardon for having been in this great town more than a week and not having found an opportunity to tender my devoirs to your ladyship. You know, dear madam, what hurries and fatigues must attend such a journey to one in my way and to an entire new settlement in which an hundred things must be done and attended to with a preference to other occasions, however delightful. Yet I must own we found a stately, well-ordered, and convenient house, but although it is not far from the fields, and has an airy opening to its back part and its front to a square, as it is called, yet I am not reconciled to it so entirely as to the beloved mansion we left. My dear Mr. B. has been and is busily employed in ordering some few alterations to make things still more commodious. He has furnished me out of a pretty library, and has allotted me very convenient apartments besides. The furniture of every place is rich, as befits the mind and fortune of the generous owner. But I shall not offer at particulars, as we hope to have the honour of a visit from my good lord and your ladyship, before the winter weather sets in, to make the roads too dirty and deep but it is proper to mention that the house is so large that we can make a great number of beds the more conveniently to receive the honours of your ladyship and my lord and mr b s other friends will do us i have not yet been at any of the public diversions mr b has carried me by gentle turns out of his workman's way ten miles round this overgrown capital and through the principal of its numerous streets the villages that lie spangled about this vast circumference as well as on the other side the noble thames which i had before a notion of from sir john denham's celebrated cooper's hill as on the middlesex side are beautiful both by buildings and situation beyond what i had imagined and several of them seem larger than many of our country towns of note but it would be impertinent to trouble your ladyship with these matters who are no stranger to what is worthy of notice in london but i was surprised when mr b observed to me that this whole county and the two cities of london and westminster are represented in parliament by no more than eight members when so many borough towns in england are inferior to the meanest villages about london i am in daily expectation of the arrival of miss darnford and then i shall wish accompanied by a young lady of so polite a taste to see a good play mr b has already shown me the opera house and the playhouses though silent as i may say that as he was pleased to observe they should not be new to me and that the sight might not take off my attention from the performance when i went to the play so that i can conceive a tolerable notion of everything from the disposition of the seats the boxes galleries pit the music scenes and the stage and so shall have no occasion to gaze about me like a country novice whereby i might attract a notice that i would not wish either for my own credit or your dear brother's honour 
I have had a pleasure which I had not in Bedfordshire, and that is that on Sunday I was at church without gaping crowds to attend us, and blessings too loud for my wishes. Yet I was more gazed at, and so was Mr. B. than I expected, considering there were so many well-dressed gentry and some nobility there, and they stared as much as anybody, but will not, I hope, when we cease to be a novelty." we have already had several visitors to welcome mr b to town and to congratulate him on his marriage but some no doubt to see and to find fault with his rustic for it is impossible you know madam that a gentleman so distinguished by his merit and fortune should have taken a step of such consequence to himself and family and not to have been known by everybody so to have done sir thomas atkins is in town and has taken apartments in Hanover Square, and he brought with him a younger brother of Mr. Arthur's, who, it seems, is a merchant. Lord F. has also been to pay his respects to Mr. B., whose schoolfellow he was at Eton, the little time Mr. B. was there. His lordship promises that his lady shall make me a visit, and accompany me to the opera as soon as we are fully settled." A gentleman of the temple, Mr. Turner by name, and Mr. Fanshow of Gray's Inn, both lawyers, and of Mr. B.'s former acquaintance, very sprightly and modish gentlemen, have also welcomed us to town, and made Mr. B. abundance of gay compliments on my account to my face, all in the common frothy run. They may be polite gentlemen, but I can't say I overmuch like them. There is something so opinionated, so seemingly insensible of rebuke, either from within or without, and yet not promising to avoid deserving one occasionally, that I could as leave wish Mr. B., and they would not renew their former acquaintance. I am very bold, your ladyship will say, but you command me to write freely, yet I would not be thought to be uneasy with regard to your dear brother's morals from these gentlemen. For, oh, madam, I am a blessed creature, and am hourly happier and happier in the confidence I have as to that particular, but I imagine they will force themselves upon him, more than he may wish, or would permit, were the acquaintance now to begin, for they are not of his turn of mind, as it seems to me, being by a sentence or two that drop from them very free and very frothy in their conversation, and by their laughing at what they say themselves, taking that for wit which will not stand the test, if I may be allowed to say so. But they have heard no doubt what a person Mr. B.'s goodness to me has lifted into notice, and they think themselves warranted to say anything before his country girl." He was pleased to ask me when they were gone how I liked his two lawyers, and said they were persons of family and fortune. I am glad of it, sir, said I, for their own sakes. Then you don't approve of them, Pamela? They are your friends, sir, and I cannot have any dislike to them. They say good things sometimes, returned he. I don't doubt it, sir, but you say good things always. Tis happy for me, my dear, you think so, but tell me what you think of them. I shall be better able, sir, to answer your questions if I see them a second time. But we form notions of persons at first sight, sometimes, my dear, and you are seldom mistaken in yours. I only think, sir, that they have neither of them any diffidence, but their profession perhaps may set them above that. 
they don't practice my dear their fortunes enable them to live without it and they are too studious of their pleasures to give themselves any trouble they are not obliged to take they seem to me sir qualified for practice they would make great figures at the bar i fancy why so only because they seem prepared to think well of what they say themselves and lightly of what other people say or may think of them that indeed my dear is the necessary qualifications of a public speaker be he lawyer or what he will the man who cannot doubt himself and can think meanly of his auditors never fails to speak with self-applause at least but you'll pardon me good sir for speaking my mind so freely and so early of these your friends i never my love ask you a question i wish you not to answer and always expect your answer should be without reserve for many times i may ask your opinion as a corrective or a confirmation of my own judgment how kind how indulgent was this my good lady but you know how generously your dear brother treats me on all occasions and this makes me so bold as i often am it may be necessary my dear lady to give you an account of our visitors in order to make the future parts of my writing the more intelligible because what i have to write may turn sometimes upon the company we see for which reason i shall also just mention sir george stuart a scottish gentleman with whom mr b became acquainted in his travels who seems to be a polite and mr b says is a learned man and a virtuoso he and a nephew of his of the same name a bashful gentleman and who for that reason i imagine has a merit that lies deeper than a first observation can reach are just gone from us and were received with so much civility by mr b as entitles them to my respectful regard thus madam do i run on in a manner without materials and only to show you the pleasure i take in obeying you i hope my good lord davers enjoys his health and continues me in his favour which i value extremely as well as your ladyship's mr h i hope likewise enjoys his health but let me not forget my particular and thankful respects to the countess for her favour and goodness to me which i shall ever place next in my grateful esteem to the honours i have received from your ladyship and which bind me to be with the greatest respect your faithful and obliged servant p b End of letter 44.